0: your creative habit is
1: sure um my name is obriana lindo um i am a the photographer for ob photographs and um i do i'm like a one woman production team mm. so i concept i conceptualize edit photograph um i make my own outfits i make my own backdrops i make my own props um for for portraits that i make specifically for people you know like i'll see a person and i'll make it specifically for them um i lost my studio a couple years ago so i haven't been able to do that you know and then with covid Mm. right when i right when i got enough money to get a studio um the pandemic started so Mm. you know i'm not i'm not trying to make any move large moves now you know but but, um, so right now I'm really focusing on, I'm trying to do like fitness stuff now, which is interesting because okay. I still, I still photograph myself. I still, you know, have photo shoots for myself and everything, but now it's more geared towards a, like a lifestyle type of thing. Um,
0: so what, uh, got you started into the fitness journey?
1: Well, I was stuck at home. So like that first month. I didn't know what to do. Actually, I was, I was scared. I was one of the people that was staying inside. So
2: Mm.
1: after a whole month inside the house, you know, I was like, okay, I need to get out anything to get out. Um, So I just started going to the park and exercising and I was just doing that every day that it just kind of became a part of my life. And it started opening up a lot of opportunities. Like a lot of people started hitting me up for fitness related things, fitness-related shoots, fitness plans, et cetera. And now it's just kind of like evolving into its own thing, you know? So Mm. I think for this year, for me as a creative, I'm really just focusing on myself, like getting myself right. Mm. Um, I was on, I had like a 10-year plan and I was on year seven and I thought I had everything. I was like slowly going up, 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 you know, getting published and meeting a lot of people and everything. And now I don't even know if I still want to do the same thing. So Mm. I'm using this entire year to really figure that out. Like, okay, I know I want to do art, but what does that mean for me? You know, like what now? Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't want to do fashion anymore. You know, I'm not, I don't like the fashion industry. If I'm being really honest, I don't want to do videos anymore. You know, I'm not really into that anymore. So it's like, Every creative has a bunch of deaths and rebirths. And so I think that's what's happening for me.
0: Mm. I think, well, two points. Um, Working on yourself or working on ourselves is extremely important. You know, um, I think COVID was um, extremely terrible and, and, and really bad when it happened to us, but it made a lot of us just sit back and think and... Sit still sit still and focus within ourselves you know because we're so used to this wake wash work routine and um we don't really get time to to like just focus on ourselves and and our personal growth as artists or people in general
2: Mm. so
0: um in order, i believe in order to produce great art we have to take breaks take time to relax and self-reflect and you know just just take in everything around us in order to produce better work as artists.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially because I don't know, I mean, as far as every artist I know, we're very hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, and we all do something that takes so much from us and doesn't give a lot back, you know? So it's like, you have to replenish, you know, you have to restore, you have to figure out who you are, you know, Mm -hmm. repeatedly because who you are as an artist is constantly evolving, you know? So, it's like, that's what I feel is happening. I feel like it's, I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm in a constant state of like um, hope, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hoping for the best, you know, I have no idea. Um, but I'm saying yes, you know, I'm not overthinking it. Because mm-hmm. what it's like, there's way too much going on. and There's way too much stimulation going on. It's like everywhere you look, there's, def- there's something, you yeah. know, so... The stillness has to be within me now, and that's that's pretty much my largest priority and concern at the moment. Which is still art, if if you know, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. If there's something very beautiful and tragic about being a human being and being self-aware, you know. And so it's like you know having to grow in all of that stuff, and having the willpower to grow. It's I think it's something that when when I start creating again for myself, I ha- I'm I can't wait to see, you know, like mm. I'm really excited to meet the woman that's going to that I'm turning into.
0: Mm, mm. So tell us a little bit about your. A little bit more about yourself, um, where are you from and how was your childhood growing up?
1: Um, I'm from Brooklyn. I mean, I'm, I spent a lot of time in the United Kingdom
2: mm.
1: as well as a child. My father's English. Um, my mom is. My mom is the native people from Puerto Rico. They're called Taíno. Mm. And my dad is Cuban and Jamaican. So I'm very I'm Caribbean, you know. But we've been here a while. I'm five generations here. Mm. Um, so in, in New York, mind you. Um, I had a I have great memories as a child um, when I was younger. Like around two, I had a shaman had to come and do like a ceremony for me because I used to have these crazy like nightmares. Mm. And my, my, um, my abuela says it was my past lives like coming and I was just reliving them. So I would wake up screaming and I would, every day it was like a new nightmare. And imagine a two or three year old like having these, you know, fears, you know and I'm not watching scary movies and things like that. So um, spirituality has always been present you know in my life mm. um and my mom was always really supportive she was a single mother so she saw that i had like a bright light and a rebellious streak so the only way that she could kind of like live with that is by embracing like who i was <laughs> mm. um which might have been hard for her because i like got mohawks i was like doing i was very rebellious mm. um I think that I, when I try to describe my childhood, like my upbringing, it's like, um, I was raised by a Disney princess that beat me. Like, <laughs> like I still got spankings, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I still got a whooping if I did something bad, but she was like the sweetest and most supportive woman, you know? And I, I mean, now I have two little sisters. I don't have any kids yet, but they make me want to have kids. Mm. You know, um, there's something so amazing about a child being excited about life every single day, like no matter what. The moment they wake up, it's like, wow, <laughs> everything, you know. And so, I really enjoy that. Um, that's pretty much it. I, I I wouldn't say that I had like a difficult life, at least in comparison to others. But I will say, like, it took a lot of identity, like reinventions me to get to where I am like yeah. I've been through a couple different phases you know um trying to figure out who I am and where I fit into this world you know um because even like about like all the knowledge I have from my tribe was passed down it's not really there's not a lot of information about my tribe because mm. it was almost extinct you know so it's it's like dealing with that kind of inner who, who do you be who are you who can you be mad at you know like mm. who where do I channel that anger? And, you know, being growing up in a diaspora and trying to figure that out and navigate it, you know? It's, it's, a, it's definitely, I feel, I see it in a lot of, you know, American, like Black people. Mm. It's just lost, you know, like, what is your identity? Or at least your cultural identity, what is it? You know? Um, so it's like, I feel like when I, where the direction I'm heading, wherever i end up i definitely want to create my own network of people where we feel at home you Mm. know people in the collective in the diaspora and creatives in the diaspora who don't have the resources you know and the money and the the timeline you know a lot of people here are first generation from the caribbean like you can't how do you have you don't have money you know Mm. you have to build that up so I, i i want to create a world where that's ours you know i don't want to fit into a white world anymore i want Mm -hmm. our own galaxy our own solar system you know and we can obviously interchange and connect and everything everything's connected but we have to have our own you know we're trying to fit into a box that was never made for us in the first place
0: i i definitely Um, agree um the thing about
1: you're i mean like you're super talented so I know you understand. Like, you've got to be frustrated because you see the type of people that are, like, making money. <laughs> like, yeah. So you, you know, you see, I mean, no shade on Photoshop or anything like that, but it's like there is a beauty to not having a Photoshopped picture, you mm. know, raw pictures. Um, but sorry, I interrupted you. No,
0: nah, I was about to say, the thing about culture is, um, even though we try to relate with our culture that is, was taken away from us. Um, still subconsciously is there, you mm-hmm. know, in the rhythm in which we walk and in which we talk and how we communicate with the, with one another. Um, where I'm from in DC, uh, we have a music called Go-Go where it's basically percussion. And mm-hmm. it's like a reflection of, you know, african music you know mm. and and a lot of the uh, blacks and african americans in dc don't see them as see themselves as african or from the continent but mm. just the 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 movement and and the way we 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 present ourselves to the world is a reflection of the continent you know mm. even the way we produce art you know mm-hmm. without even thinking about it it's like our culture our history our previous religious beliefs are influenced in our art in
1: mm-hmm.
0: many different ways
1: absolutely i mean it's it's it really just comes back down to like i was saying earlier like being self-aware you know mm-hmm. and that's like the the gift and the curse of it because i mean i kind of envy people who aren't who just like are oblivious to how they affect everything else in their life, you know, mm-hmm. and in, in the world. Um, but when you are self aware, you can tap in, you know, like there's little tiny secret compartments in your brain that you start activating and you start thinking about. And it's, you know, it's an incredible process to see, you know, my favorite thing to, to watch happen is like somebody who was super blocked and super closed off and then you could tell when it kind of clicks and then mm-hmm. they get into like the conspiracy theories and then they turn into like a ho and then it was like <laughs> <laughs> and then you know then they'll calm down you know and realize like okay wait I could be like this and still be like you know balanced mm-hmm. you know uh-huh. I don't have to be enraged <laughs> all the time um, it, 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 it's human you know like it's, it's kind of like no other species is having an experience like this and mm. i don't know whether or not to think of that as a positive or a negative you know i guess it just is but what what other sentient being is living you know honestly mm. so
2: mm.
0: um quick question does your culture and um your history is that influenced in your art anyway?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, in a, a bunch of different ways, you know. Like I, for one, one major thing is I prefer to shoot women of color who have never been photographed before, mm. and who, like you know, have actually maybe even not confident in front of the camera, um, because culturally, women of color are, you know, either we're sexualized or we don't exist. Like that's really mm. not. We're not respected, you know? Um, and that's, it's it's very difficult. It's something I've, I've been sexualized since I was like in the sixth grade, you know? Mm. It's it's something that's super cultural. Um, and I also, I, I mean, like I try to, with at least my own self portraits, I t- try to at least sh- make it apparent what I'm inspired by. Like I've done a couple of self portraits where um, I, I made a headdress, and I was inspired by you know tribal art from my mm. tribe. Um, I've done self-portraits where I was inspired by um, the black exploitation era, you mm. know. So I mean, it's the 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 positives about trying to having been forced to find an identity, you know, in all of this confusion, and because it was stolen from us. Um, I get to see. I get to be inspired by all of it, you know, because I'm just thirsty for information and thirsty for to know who I am. Mm. And I I identify with African American, you know, culture, mm. pop culture. I, I identify with reg, white American culture, you know, like um, Caribbean culture, Native culture, like all of that.
2: Mm. And
1: it's it's kind of just morphing into its own. I guess eclectic kind of thing, you know. Mm. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say that I have like a style yet. I don't know if I have that. Um, I've never been trained or anything in photography. I never went to school for it or anything. So I don't, I wouldn't even know if I'm sophisticated enough to say like if I have any cultural influences on my like style of art, you know. Mm. Um, but I do want to say like whenever I think about a shoot, I, there is a theme it is there is a reason and a purpose you know and it's usually to uplift and support our people like 99 percent of the time
0: so do you do any like specific research when you're uh trying to pursue these uh different themes in your portraits
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely i usually create whole folders research folders Mm. And I'll put, you know, either things I've read in there. I have a notebook. If I can print out the images, I print them out and I'll do like a collage. And that's how i like, I'll, or a mood board or something for my shoots. Um, I have, I don't know if you, you mess with astrology, but I have a Virgo rising. So mm. I'm very organized in that. And I like things to be kind of planned out a little bit. I'm an overthinker. So I'm always trying to, you know, um, find if i want when people see my pictures or see my paintings or anything that i do i just want them to feel something Mm. you know i want them to like be like oh you know and have to figure out what it is that they're feeling um if it's confusion if it's like you know lust if it's adoration if it's and like any of it you Mm. know if it just makes them more curious to figure out more because uh, my people are lost, you know, like n- not just black people in general black African Americans are very lost you mm. know that's you know we're we're rebuilding ourselves now, you know, so in native culture native people it's completely dis disenfranchised, mm. you know it's completely Central American natives forget about it what's going on in Puerto Rico right now it's like outrageous you know and what's going on with with South Americans and, and the Mexican border all of it like it's just really disgusting so somebody has to give these people a voice you know my voice may not be very like may not may not be reaching a lot of people just yet but it will hope. <laughs> like, mm. um, but we have to have a voice like who's talking for these people it's like it's it's my dream to make photography books you know so that I can showcase that, you know, Mm. I want to do like a bunch of heritage trips and like visit my homelands and take pictures of the people, Um, show people, you know, what do we eat? What do we, how do we, what do we do for fun? What do other people, how do other people live?
2: Mm. You
1: know, like it's not this Puerto Rican kind of like fetishization is kind of, it's just strange at this point, you know, like this Latin fetish thing (laughs) is so weird, (laughs) so I just, (laughs) I wanted there to be a little bit of grounding. I don't know if that makes
0: sense. We're dealing with a lot, but one of our our problems are um, division, Mm -hmm. you know, um, especially between disenfranchised peoples of the world, you know, um, even though we're considered the minority um, together, we're the majority. Mm -hmm. Especially when it deals with um, the European standard of everything in the world.
2: Yeah, everything.
0: And it it doesn't make sense, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, A lot of the media we watch where it's right wing, left wing, or or, uh, Biden or or Trump, like it's, it's too much division and it's just confusing everything, you know?
1: Yeah, it's absolutely confusing everything because, like, the two choices—like, how I don't understand how we have these two parties, and both of these men don't represent us in any way—not way. at all, not at all. <laughs> like, it's just like the most like what our poli- like our politics need to look like us, like the people, mm. and it really it's something I always think about because we just have a bunch of career politicians that, of course, all they care about is their money, mm. you know, so. It's like we have lost sight of humanity, like the whole point of having a democracy or any kind of political party is to make decisions. You gotta make decisions for us, you know? Like just to have a productive growing society, evolving society, you know? It's, I feel like America is a baby as far as like civilizations go, Mm. is a baby, like a newborn, todd not even a newborn like a toddler you know the way that we act the way that we handle we use violence to handle all our problems and domination pretty much to handle all our problems like that's such a devolved way of thinking you know um i don't know it's it's just crazy i don't it's like even the, the black one black person that they have doesn't represent us in any way either. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> How yeah. is that possible? Yeah, yeah. I think us as a collective is 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 basically tribalism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we all have our different cliques, we all have our different gangs, we all have our different social settings in which we, we prefer to be in, you know? Whether it's a group of artists or a group of athletes or whatever. And um, I believe that the powers that be are using that tribalism against us you know mm-hmm. you got disenfranchised white folks in trailer parks <laughs> mad yeah. at black people or native people because they feel like they don't have any jobs or they're getting their jobs taken away or something like that and then you have black people who are disenfranchised and blaming the other side for you know similar reasons I just
1: blaming each other, blaming each even, other, you know, which is even more like, when you really think about it, and I it, it just, they perfected the plan. Mm. Like, that's all I can say, white people have perfected their plan, you know, they use Native Americans as the blueprint. Mm. And they, you know, and that they almost exterminated every tribe. Mm. It's they they perfected it. You know, then they went to, to, to slaves and then they did it, up, you know, for the Jews. And now by mm-hmm. this point, it's it's perfect, you know, exactly how to like separate us. I mean, I remember when I used to protest heavy for, for in New York because we had this thing called stop and frisk and black mm-hmm. people. It was basically legal robbery and legal yeah. like you could just beat people up, you know, um, and I used to protest that. And I remember we were marching and obviously there's you know agent provocateurs, so you have like these weirdos start screaming out, fuck the police, to try to get like people riled up,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: mm-hmm. when we were peaceful beforehand, or mm-hmm. you have people split trying to split up the march, you know, somehow like somebody will just start deviating and start guiding, mm-hmm. come this way, guys, you know, this way yeah. and separating. So it's like they know exactly what they're doing. You know, that's one thing that they did get right. It's just unfortunate that I feel like like white domination is the goal when it's already here. So it's just kind of redundant. You know, mm. It's, mm. it's one of those things where white people, not generally speaking, you know, because there's some down with the Browns. You know, yeah. we, we love them. But generally speaking, they... They are fearful of a race war, a civil war that they themselves are starting. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just like a really confusing series of events. I have so many theories like about inbreeding, you know, because a lot of people want to keep, at least a lot of rich white people want to keep their lines pure, you know, so maybe that's why they're making such crazy decisions. Like, how can they make regular decisions? Um, I don't know, but... At the end of the day, we, I mean, like you're saying, like, we just have to, we're the majority. We gotta, we gotta organize, you know. Yeah,
0: we definitely do have to organize and um, plan for a hundred years instead of just planning for tomorrow, you know, because the powers that be, those people who run things have been planning today for the last 500 600 years you know what i mean and it's definitely troubling when people go out and protest and you see a random uh pallet of bricks just <laughs> right in the middle middle oh of the city God. or oh, you, you just s-
1: see a building burning and shit. Yeah, like, what?
0: yeah yeah what? yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and you know like the thing i was thinking about the other day that kind of scared me a little bit was that if Black Lives Matter was a terrorist organization, we would be doing what white people are doing. Mm. You know, white people are trying to assassinate people and setting up bombs and, you know, they're doing a lot of weird things. Black Lives Matter is not even close, you know, to the Mm. violence that white supremacists are exhibiting on the rest of the world. So it's it's just a very bizarre thing. And the only thing I can come to, like the only conclusion I could come to is that white supremacy is just a lot deeper than we are ready to like accept or acknowledge. Yeah. It's in the hospitals, it's in the schools, it's in the police, it's, 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 everywhere. it's everywhere, you know, like it's everywhere. So it's like a reality that I feel like a lot of us have been in denial about because, you know, we're doing good, we're good, we're good. You know, mm. we're good black people. There's nothing, we're not criminals you know, we're not, there's nothing, we're not doing
0: anything wrong, but that we don't have to do anything wrong. Yeah. I yeah, mean, a- we just have to pay attention to history, you know, mm-hmm. um, the European race and, and, and society is only 30,000 years old. It basically the youngest humans on the planet. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then when we move forward in history, we see that greece only lasted about 900 years before they started infighting you know it was Mm -hmm. one of the greatest civilizations uh rome only lasted about 500 years before they started infighting you know um america is only 250 years old Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know and it seems like america is speeding through what the greeks and the romans are have done you know what i mean so it had destabilized sooner than than we know it and as a country i mean i i I love being i love being here you know um my family's from the carolinas um it's a lot of history and 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 culture here but i don't see myself being here for the rest of my life in america yeah how can we yeah
2: It's so
1: unforgiving and it's so, it's, it's a very painful like life to be in a country and try to love a country that doesn't love you,
2: Mm.
1: you know, and it purposefully, like I was, was, one of my homegirls, she was, she's from Milwaukee and she was telling me how, I've never been there, but she was telling me how it's one of the, where she's from is one of the most segregated places in America Mm. and they don't even hide their racism. They'll be like, you didn't get the job because your name is Keisha, like straight up. Mm. And... I mean, that's it's 2020. Like, that really it should mean something, but it doesn't, you know?
2: Mm.
1: I don't know. You know, we can't solve the world's problems, but I guess that's what makes us, you know, artists do such a great service, you know? Mm. Um, but, but I wish we were more appreciated. So I think that's like, I'm trying to figure out a way where, like, I can utilize the, you know, our capitalistic, like, just utilize our, the way our culture is in America um, mm. in a positive way, you know, like, I don't know if that makes sense, because capitalism is hard to make positive. You're just taking people's money, mm. but <laughs> any way possible. Um, but I would like it to be in a way that doesn't harm our ourselves or my image, you know, so that's why I, also, I bringing it back to the pictures. I do a lot of self-portraits and Mm. stuff because I want to control how I am perceived, you know, and how I'm viewed. I want it to be a feminine, Black feminine voice, you know, like this is Mm. a Black feminine eye because we have not seen that in history, you know, like there's not a lot of Black feminine photographers, you know, throughout history that have museums and stuff like I would like that. I would like that for
0: us very much. One of your portraits, I think you had like a hair piece or I don't know, your hair kind of looked like this sun.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And it kind of reminded me of like um, an old deity or a fertility goddess or something like that. What Mm -hmm. was your thought process behind that? That
1: That's exactly my thought process. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted, I, um, growing up, my family called me a daughter of Oshun because I got hit puberty at like nine and they say daughters of Oshuns and sons of Oshuns exist to balance the sexual energy of the universe or the world. Um, so we are, high, we are very feminine looking or very masculine looking, you know, right. etc. My body is very feminine. It's, you know, and I wanted to express that pretty much like this is pure femininity. This is pure womanhood, you know, in its purest form. It's like, I try to like, when I look in the mirror, it's, part, it's what I wanted to show people what I see.
2: Mm.
1: And when I take pictures, that's usually what I go for. Like that's, I'll try to show people how I look at the world, you know? Mm. Um, And so, yeah, I looked up, I I did a lot of research on fertility, fertility goddesses and fertility statues Mm. and their body shapes and like, you know, everything like that. I I looked up tribal symbols from my tribe um, and I kind of like the original concept, I had a bunch of candles around me Mm. and I was going to mix in, you know, Latin American capitalism because I was kind of raised with that as well in, in my mm. household with candles and like altars and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so I, w- I definitely I was trying to encompass that. I just I guess with, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. So it never went to like exactly where I wanted it to be. You know, mm. I never got it to be 100 um, percent. So I just went with the original like fertility statue Esque type of thing Mm. you know i wanted it to be if somebody had a a print of this in their house like it wanted it to give that vibe of like a santa maria or like a you know a holy you know picture kind of thing Mm. um yeah and i did blue because ocean is blue and yellow and so i I kept that in mind
0: that's dope man that's really dope (laughs) um what are some challenges you had to overcome
1: Um, ageism, sexism, I mean overall bigotry, um, depression and mental illness, um, and just like regular, just life, you know, I'm I'm in one of the most expensive cities in America. It's Mm. hard to make it here as an artist, you know, so trying to balance multiple jobs and your dreams and, trying to make, I, I, like I t- said earlier, I lost my studio space, you mm. know? So it's like having that kind of, this that's it kind of destroyed everything. Like it kind of stopped everything. I don't have a space, you know, like, okay, now I have to focus on work so I can get a space. Now I don't have time, you know, to do mm. what I want to do. So it was a little bit of a cycle. So COVID low key was a little bit of a blessing. Mm.
0: Thank you. Covid was was crazy because um, you know I just had my my lady and I just had our first child and um, I didn't really thank get you. to thank you thank you I didn't <laughs> really get to uh, spend a lot of time with him in this first couple of months because we were both working you know yeah. and um, I can really really appreciate just waking up and playing with him and feeding him in the morning and you know. Watching these cartoons and stuff like that, just just watching them grow up and learn how to talk and learn how to dance and and
2: be a
0: person. Yeah, and just grow <laughs> into a little person, man. I I really appreciate this time to take out with them, you know.
1: Yeah. So, what are your dreams for
0: your art? My dreams for my art, basically, a combination of uh, mine and my lady's dreams. Uh, we would like to have a um, a space. That's a podcast studio, that's a photography studio, that's a painting studio where a lot of people um, can come and just create, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, I don't know, maybe make it into like a a media type thing. Oh, uh,
2: that's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Where is she? Oh, she's uh, in the living room with Junior trying to keep him quiet while we have the podcast.
1: Oh, tell her I said hi. I wish it was here.
0: Yeah, no problem, man. Um, no problem. Um, so what's challenging about being a
2: photographer?
1: There's a couple things. I mean, one, the mar- the market's so oversaturated. Everybody's a photographer. Mm. Every- everyone. like, <laughs> And especially, and then, like, so then we also live in a world where everyone has a camera in their hand. Yep. You know? And so when I'm noticing now, when people get in front of my camera, it's a little bit more awkward because they're used to being in control.
2: Mm.
1: So, you know, like the warming up process is a little bit, um, it's a little bit different. You know, learning how to make people feel comfortable Mm. is different now. You know, um, comfort zones have changed, at least in my experience. So that's a little challenging. Money. Money. Yeah, always challenging you know especially now who wants to pay like $150 you know for a little session like you got to be understanding people's circumstances Um, it's also hard to especially like you know you have to social media is a full time job so Mm. you know trying to keep up with that and that's how you really get business now so (laughs) If you're not good at that then you know goodbye business you know yeah. it's, it's it, that's a little difficult too it's a lot of things and it's hard for this year to not be depressed like this year mm. was extremely challenging so it's it's it, i feel like i'm constantly just tr- trying to learn how to keep peace learn how to not let things bother me because the wor- things that happen in the world do bother me
2: mm.
1: you know but you can't fix everything you can do everything um i feel like if when we're talking about how like american civilization is a baby it's like Mm. really young we as people like spirits are young too Mm. you know we were like what babies not babies but kids till you're like what 16 17 until you start feeling independent Mm
2: -hmm. you know
1: um some people a little longer depending so You're only really, like, 12 years old if you think about how long you've actually been, like, on your own as a Mm. (laughs) grown-up.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I always feel like I'm just still a kid. You know, like, I I feel like I'm just doing grown-up things. I don't know.
0: So how how do you cope with mental health?
1: I have a therapist that I speak Mm -hmm. to weekly. And I'm very, very pro- Therapy, especially for people of color, Mm. Um, I'm always trying to get people to go to therapy. Um, It's been so essential in my growth. Um, I I I didn't realize that I needed to be able to speak to someone, have them speak back, without judgment and without any kind of attachment. Mm. You know, to be able to have them organize thoughts for you. Like, I suffer from anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. have them be able to like make sense of why am I thinking so much, what's happening? Let's slow that down. Um, and with depression help me not stay there, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's their job. She's a professional. She, Her whole point is to get me out. Mm. get me out of my head or get me out of that so I think it's so essential like and then like people of color we experience trauma on a daily like the Mm. things that we a lot of us experience is not normal you know not getting a job because of your name is not normal like I don't care what anybody says like little things like that microaggressions that shit is not normal Um, and it's a lot of stress and I think that certain trauma gets handed down like in your dna and ancestral and you know generational curses Mm. and everything like that so i think that it helps if everybody can just sort out why they feel angry because we're all so angry there's no way you could be like a person of color in america or in the world and not be angry Mm. no way you know so yeah so i do do that and i work out a lot like Mm -hmm. exerting a lot of energy really helps because i'm too tired to do anything else
0: yeah yeah it's it's really hard for people of color to cope with mental stresses because we're spoon-fed trauma every day on a daily whether it's Mm -hmm. through the music or through media or social media you know um through the way we express ourselves through hip-hop is is solely based on trauma
1: you yeah. know i mean li- listen to the lyrics of these rappers like a lot of this shit is angry it's in pain like yeah. <laughs> you know like, <laughs> like these people are, are singing their, their hearts out man like they, <laughs> it's it's poetry like mm-hmm. it, you know, you know people want to put a stigma on rap because it's black because they're racist, you know, but yeah. like the reality of it is it's poetry it's it's Shakespeare, you know, like <laughs> it's crazy that people don't even see it that way. These people are for the most part, some of it's trash, but for mm-hmm. the most part, these people are telling stories. It's a fucking soliloquy, you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing
0: it's our oldest well one of our oldest forms of of communication you know like before religion people would tell stories or rhyme through theater or music Mm -hmm. you know with cultures all over the world and that's how we got information down to future generations was Mm -hmm. just dropping that knowledge through song or, or whatever um let's switch it up real quick um What's in your camera bag?
1: Um, it's pretty late. I have my Nikon D7000 usually.
0: Ooh, Nikon! Um, oh no, don't say that. <laughs>
1: and like, I like Nikon's. I think their colors are really vibrant. Mm. Um, and I like colors a lot. Um, I like to paint and everything, and I like. I like vibrant things. Um, I do like Canons. I like other brands too. Like I have other favorite brands. I have multiple cameras, but my mm. my camera bag is my Nikon. Um, I have my charger, extra batteries, extra memory cards. I have my flash, external flash. And I have a, um, a something long diffuser, light okay, diffuser. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. Sometimes I bring a reflector with me, um, but other times not really.
0: So you prefer studio work more than going out in the field and photographing?
1: No, I like both. I mm. think it just depends on, like, traveling and stuff like that. I don't like walking around with my equipment. Um, if I, if it's just my camera, that's cool. But then let me, I need some place to leave my bag. You mm. know, like, I don't like carrying my stuff around with me. Um, and sometimes I have an assistant, but other time, most times I don't, you know. I don't, I, I guess maybe that's a little spoiled of me, but mm. <laughs> I don't want to carry it. It's like, if I wanted to go on a hike, I'd go on a hike. I don't want
2: to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't want to do this. Um, I think when i have enough money and I'm able to, which are a little bit smaller and lighter,
2: mm. and
1: I think that it'll be a little bit different. You know because then I could, it'll just be like a curse mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: i think i'm the total opposite i <laughs> i love being out in the field man it's like most of my photographs are out in nature you know
1: mm-hmm. um i All think bugs.
0: yeah 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 like,
1: city girl i will it will ruin my day <laughs> <laughs> it will ruin my day i will i will not i feel like i'm done We'll do this another time. I'm done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tell us real quick about, you went to Cuba, right? And did Mm -hmm. a photo book on that.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to publish it, hopefully. Mm. Cuba is really hard. It's a hard country to visit if you don't have a lot of money. Like, I mean, I didn't realize that because I'm spoiled. And I also didn't realize how spoiled I was until I went there. Um, we had we. It took us like three days to find water because wow. you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to drink the tap water. Um, and then everything's rationed. So going into stores, there's long lines. Like everyone, they don't even have anything in the stores. And if they do, they know we're American, so they're overcharging us for everything. Everything. Mm. Um, there's only one bank where we went in the city we went. It was, it was, there's the food, the restaurants we went to, the food wasn't great because they had limited amount of ingredients, you know? So you don't mm-hmm. think about that. Like I remember our first day, we got off the plane, we wanted to eat. The restaurant only had rice, eggs, and potatoes. Wow. Yeah, and we had to eat that because we didn't have anything else to eat. <laughs> we were so dehydrated. When, when I got to the airport, Everybody I saw was sick and dehydrated and starving. (laughs) It was like, it was two things. Either you saw that or you saw creepy men by themselves. Mm. And I learned from the woman that we were staying with, we stayed with a nice Airbnb woman, and she was like a a mother to us. She was teaching us because the girls I was with were even more city and spoiled than I am, and they got got like all the time. And it was mm. just heartbreaking. You know, they didn't treat, Cuba didn't treat my friends really well. And they didn't like do research and like learn the language or have like, they didn't, weren't, weren't as prepared because they thinking it's Cuba, like how it's on TV. Like mm. if you go to Jamaica, you don't really need to do a lot of research. You can have a good time, you know, like it doesn't have to be an ordeal, but in Cuba you have to kind of do a lot there's not internet it's a different country mm. you know it's communist it's so it's a whole different thing they have dogs that walk around um smelling for drugs so there's no smoking weed there's no like none of that wow you know? um you can't rent a car in Cuba so you have to take cabs everywhere and you have to tell your cab driver what time to meet you at places because people don't really have cell phones, (laughs) Mm. you know? So it's kind of like old school nineties type shit. Like I'll call you on the pay phone. What time do you want to meet tomorrow? 1130? Okay, 1130, don't be late. Like that type of thing. So it was just different, culture shock, you know? Like, um, and so the only way I could express that was by writing a book and, and making a book. And when I actually publish it, it'll be a little bit bigger. Cause I want to have like my diary entries in there and I want to have like coins and I mean, not real coins, but like, you Mm. know, little coins and little things that people can interact with, with the book. So Mm. it's actually like, you can experience it for yourself. Like what was Havana Cuba? Like, you know, like, I want that for people and I want to do it in a way that's interesting. And that makes people appreciate art. You know or appreciate places that they may never be i know people who have never left new york city you know mm. ever i know people who have never left like went to jersey who've never been to manhattan which is new york you know like who've never left brooklyn so i want people to be able to experience the world you know who knows what the world is going to be like i don't even know you know no. so it's like also just kind of having my whole culture wiped out mm. i'd like it's like i guess my way of so making sure we have something you know Yeah. <laughs> it's For the culture
0: i mean it's it's up to document who we are if we don't it'd be a totally different story by written by somebody that does not look like us or think like us at all
1: and yes, it'll be their observation. It won't be yeah real. It won't be authentic. You know? Hmm. And that's pretty much it.
0: Hmm. What was the, the photography experience like? I know the buildings were beautiful and the culture there. Just like... It,
1: it was great. I mean, I went out. I got up early every day and I went out shooting alone. Hmm. Um, and then I would come back and I would do things with my group i mean we just made a lot of mistakes like i wouldn't recommend a large group of women going alone
2: Mm. you
1: know i wouldn't recommend um it's a it's a very machismo country so we were getting hit on everywhere all the time Mm. like without any kind of bashfulness or politeness about (sighs) it, people licking at us and all of this stuff it was it was intense the first day it got old the first day like (laughs) The first day. And so, you know, just different things. It, it, I mean, the buildings, though, once you realize that people live in these buildings that are, like, falling apart,
2: mm. it
1: ch- it changes a little bit. It's still beautiful in a tragic way, mm. you know, but you, like, people live in that. They, they live in that debris. Their house is their living room, and then the wall is down. Mm. (laughs) the the, Um. the building yeah like you know not (laughs) cars I remember we were in a car like the car didn't even really have a seat the guy had actually he must have makeshifted it because it was so old it had like two two pedals he had two foot pedals (laughs) that he used it was (laughs) and no interior it was all just a metal wow yeah. I mean, I won't mark the country. I would definitely go back. I probably wouldn't go back to Havana. I mm. would go back to where my child is from or I would go back to um, Little Trinidad. Mm. It's supposed to be really nice. Because um, Havana is like in 42nd Street or in DC, I bet like wherever the, mm. the president, the White House is, is probably like disgusting. Mm. So <laughs> mm-hmm. crowded and everything. So it's, it's just like that. Um, I was able to get like make friends. I make friends really easily. So I was able to make friends with people and this guy, this guy rode me on a bike all around. I told him I wanted to take pictures to take me to the best places for pictures. And he took me all over the city um, for like $10. And I was able to get a I did that a couple times and I was able to get a, you know, a good all of, most of the stuff from my book mm. from that. Um, but they, they only like When they would see us They would be like Obamas Beyonce yeah. GZ. Yeah. Like, That's it <laughs> Obamas Michelle Obama <laughs> And so my homegirl was her birthday That's where we were going And it just kind of co- Like it was coincidence That I was planning A heritage trip mm. She was planning A birthday trip So I was like Okay I'll go You know Um I'm, and I wanted I wanted to meet my people. I wanted to see what it was like, you know. Um, so on her birthday, she's like, everybody has to get dressed up. You have to wear heels. You know, it's my birthday. I have to do this. So we do this. There's a crowd of people, like we were celebrities, waiting outside of, every day there was more and more people waiting outside of our Airbnb for wow. us to leave. And, you know, at first, I feel like at first we were kind of just a little naive about it. Like, oh, we're American. Mm. (laughs) You know? But these people were clocking us and they were watching us and they were, like, waiting for us to slip up, you know, and to see if they could steal our passport or steal something from us. Mm. You know? So it's like, once you see our our host or the Airbnb would just be like, welcome to Cuba. You know, like, wake up. Wake Mm. up, ladies. Like, this is not the country in the movies, this is a real place. Like, this is a third world country, quote unquote, you know, mm. um, but it's just not what you think. And she started telling us how, like, cause she had a daughter, but we only saw her like once in a while. Her daughter was like nine or 10. And she was like, the reason why I, I locked my do- daughter in the room is because the woman downstairs, she prostitutes her 13 year old for Jesus Christ! yeah it was, it's like a whole thing there's a, there's a whole and then that's when I started looking and I have that in my photography book too and I, like I said when I want it to be when I publish it I want it to be a little bigger because I want I want to extend on that a little bit on how European men or and wealthy men exploit these countries hmm. for the sex industry and sex trafficking and stuff it, it is a real thing you know and mm. so when, I, when I'm saying, when I went to the airport and I'm seeing all these sick, you either saw sick people who were miserable, who couldn't wait to get home, mm. or you saw single men, you know, and it was very uncomfortable for me. I remember we talked to one and he was like, yeah, you know, I've been here a couple, I've been here like six times, like you get used to it. You do, And he was like giving us like recommendations. Oh, don't do that next time. Don't do this next time. And then I was like, why have you been here six times? Mm. And he didn't answer. He would just, he was just like, yeah, no, just just business things. And I was like, even though that could be nothing, it just it, it made me think about stuff. Yeah. You know, it just kind of like didn't feel right because i was looking around and literally that's all you saw sick people in groups single men Mm. you know that's it why are single men going to a poor country yeah (laughs) and so you know like thailand and 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 all the countries in africa that get exploited and you know india and it just really made me like really think you know, so all of that is in my, in my book, too. You know, I, I have, like, diary entries of how heartbroken, you know, like, being disillusioned. You're going to, I'm going to my home country. I'm like, okay, oh, my God, my people, yes, you know. Hmm. And it was heartbreaking. That is a reality, and it isn't hidden. You know, so it's like that's everywhere. And then not having to flush my toilet, not being able to flush our toilet, not being able to shower, like when we want to, you're in a hot, sweaty place, Mm -hmm. you can't shower because water is rationed. They had to do a water delivery. They had to do sorry, Mm -hmm. they had to do a water delivery. And the whole block started almost started rioting because they all needed water too. why are we getting two water two times when some people didn't get it once you know it was it was it was a very balanced trip because with as much beautiful things as i experienced and i saw and the people i met and the moments i had with these women it was also just really heartbreaking you know like there was a, a haitian girl with us and they when we went to dinner they gave her a plantation cup with slaves on it wow yeah for her pina colada and it was the best pina colada we ever had it was so balanced. <laughs> <It> was <like laughs> Terrible
0: cup, but good pina colada.
1: <laughs> it made her feel so awful. And then also on my friend's birthday, we wanted to go to a any hotel and like buy a pool pass. Mm. You know, go to a pool. Um, they denied us because white people were swimming in the pool. Like it was, it was weird. It was a weird experience. Mm
0: yeah
2: yeah you know
1: and then having i remember the one of the bike drivers for me that was giving me you know my photography tour um got stopped by police for no reason i remember that and and the cop was just starting to curse him out and yell at him and and about his bike or something and it was it was actually it was really intense i was like where (laughs) i thought i left america (laughs) It was very you know, and he was dark skinned. the cop was not, you know, so I knew what was going on, and I was just i was it was hard for me not to be like a little upset that I had to remember I'm in one a foreign country and two a country that does not play that, so you fuck up in Cuba, you could go or you could stay, like what do you want? Mm. you're not gonna you can't you can't do anything, you know um I don't know. I, I recommend when people go that they do everything with the hotel. Okay. Yeah. Like go and you'll have a great time, especially if you're a man and a woman. Like I think that's such a romantic, like great trip. Um, don't buy anything. Because <laughs> they're going to overcharge you and they're probably going to like give you something fake. So like cigars and all of that, unless it's in the actual building that like, Manufacturers, the cigars, and manufacturers like the Bacardi house, you know, that they make the Bacardi in, Mm. don't buy anything, you know. Um, That's one of my, and then they also say to leave, like pack things to leave because the country is so poor and they don't have, like, you know, um, a lot of trade. So people leave clothes and, like, menstrual products and and medicine and stuff that they wouldn't normally get, like Mm. invite them, like just different things, you know, um, that they wouldn't get. You can't order online and stuff like that, you know? So a lot of people bring like an extra suitcase of stuff. It's like, it's, it's an interesting place to be.
0: Mm. I heard similar stories, uh, (laughs) about Haiti. Um, it seems like, if the u.s government doesn't really fuck with a country (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. when it's destabilized and um shut off from the rest of the world
1: absolutely absolutely i mean and you can see it Mm -hmm. you know you can you can see it's like it's a complete um i don't know how how, what's i can't even think of the word right now but it's a complete like cut off like they just yeah excommunicated
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
1: know um, and I mean now Trump he reversed it so people can't go again you know mm. but it's it's like I think that if a couple more years of tourism and they were able to regulate it and figure out how because mm-hmm. how do you do an Airbnb and then regulate that that's someone's extra source of income. You can't say, oh, all Airbnb people get a hundred dollars. Like, you, I mean, and that's what communism is. You know, mm. all doctors make the same amount. All people get the same amount for the same job. So how do you regulate Airbnb? How do you regulate businesses that are gonna get way more business from tourism? Mm. You know, art, how people who sell art people, you know, like you can't regulate things. So it's a little of a gray area for, for a communist regime. You know, they say in Cuba, not to try to figure it out. Just enjoy it. Mm. You know, don't try to think, don't think about it too much. Just experience it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, if you wasn't, well, I think we spoke about this earlier, but if you wasn't a photographer, what would you want to be?
1: um well i have a plan b and a plan c mm. um so i mean my plan a with photography like i want my own media production company i mm. want to produce movies i want to produce comic books and nice. books and nice. you know i want to produce media um and i want pe- people of color to be staffed and making it you know nice. that's my dream and i want to Film. I want to be an actress and a model as well. I want to be in just like Woody Allen is in all his movies. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be like that. And, and um, what you call it, um, Charlie Chaplin, you know, he mm-hmm. made his own movie studio. He was in all, every one of his own movies and made was one of the richest people in the world. You yeah. know, like I want that. So that's plan A. So that's a, a very ambitious and very big dream. I believe in myself, but my plan B is to start my own weed farm.
0: Nice, nice.
1: And try, <laughs> and try to get on a mat and sell hydro. And plan C is to go to school for forensic anthropology. Mm. And I want to write murder mystery novels based on the cases I help solve.
0: Yo, you are all over the place, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> I could dig it though. I I, I could really appreciate that, you know. It shows that yeah. you you have a spectrum of things you want to achieve. And I appreciate I'm
1: that. A, I'm a complex, multifaceted individual. Mm. And then like to pa- partner that in with this the emotional aspect, you know, I'm a very sensitive person. So my, my poor boyfriend, he has he has his hands full. He's right <laughs> <laughs> he's never bored. I will say that. Never mm. bored. <laughs>
0: So, um, it's almost time to wrap up. Um, do you have any social media or websites that people can go to and be directed to your art?
1: Yeah. Um, if you go to my Instagram, which is at obphotographs, photographs, Mm. make sure you put an S at the end, it's plural. Um, it has my website link on it. I have a temporary site site at Squarespace. Mm. um so it's obphotographs.squarespace.com um i also am a brand ambassador for this fitness line called reset body goals Mm. um so definitely visit that and support that it's a black woman that owns that and that she's a really good friend of mine and she is promoting body positivity um, basically just creating a lifestyle where you can be your own body goal goals. You're not comparing yourself to other women or other people. You're comparing yourself to the best version of yourself, you know? So mm-hmm. that's the the vibe that we're going off with. Um, and that's reset body goals and OB photographs.
0: Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, once everything settles down and we're able to you know go outside again i would love to you know come to new york and, and work with you on some uh photo product uh projects
1: i would love that i would love i'm saying yes to everything so mm. i mean with with taste obviously but for you i would love to and i would love to meet your wife i would love to meet your baby nice,
2: like nice. you know
1: you you and i have been social media friends for a while for like mm. you know a couple of years so and i've definitely like i said you're one of the most uh, one of my favorite photographers you thank know you. so you. i def i respect you and i really appreciate you letting me be on this podcast and talking no problem <laughs> the
0: feeling is mutual when um, i'm shoot this won't be the only time uh pretty sure we have uh, some great conversations in the future on this podcast as well
1: i can't wait i'll say yes i promise
0: cool 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 so uh thank you again
1: okay have a good right. night peace bye
0: Hey, people, here is your quote of the day. Art is an evolutionary act. The shape of art and its role in society is continuously changing. At no point is art static. There are no rules. Raymond Harmon. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and have a good day, people. Peace.